Well, all right, all right, all right. This is Will Dick with the Art of Floundering podcast. Welcome to tonight's live podcast. We will be starting shortly, but I just wanted to just say that we're streaming, and that's a good thing. From Atlantic City, New Jersey, Paris Island, South Carolina. BFE, Idaho, Parts Unknown, Colorado, Norman, Oklahoma, Colorado Springs, and all points in between, this is the Art of Floundering Podcast. Want to wish each and every one of you nothing but peace and love, because we don't care who you voted for. We don't care who you love or how you crack the egg. We don't even care if you believe in Tooth Fairy, Easter Bunny, or Santa Claus. The only thing we care about is peace, cheap golly whiz, and love. So welcome to the Art of Floundering Podcast. Experience, man. Welcome. This is going to be kind of a no-frill show. I'm calling this... Don't call this a comeback. Now, sorry for the life story, but I have, uh, this is what this series, this series is about. It's a reboot of the Countdown to Soon series, which is an attempt to discuss, quote, life following a traumatic accident. In this instance, from my perspective. Now, we were rolling with version one, and I started that series 30 days or so prior to what I thought I was going to have the first surgery, um, which was supposed to be September 26th. And that got rescheduled. And when I got rescheduled, I did some soul searching that I'll talk about later. And I didn't want to start this series up again until there was something a little bit more concrete. As a result of the surgery still being scheduled for the 20th of December, I report at 530 which is 11 days, soon to be 10 days, or another way of looking at it, nine days and a wake up. I'm almost a week away. Next week, we'll be filled with ketamine and just getting things ready for recovery. I previously relocated to parts unknown the Canyon City Royal Gorge area of Colorado in June of 2021. I relocated there because, quite frankly, I was told there was no hope for me and my spinal injury, which I'll talk about in a second. And I came, peace and love, and I came to this part or to Canyon City to kind of die 
But then something unexpected, they told me they can do this surgery. So I have relocated this week to Colorado Springs because the physical rehab will be intense. And I don't want, I want to focus on that, not on the drive, the two hours of commuting there and back. I want to be across the street. I came here to beat this thing and get well. I don't, so I will do whatever it takes to include moving myself, which was horrific, man. But this is more or less just kind of announcement that for the next 10 days, now we're going to have some guests on, we're going to do our other spiel. And we're going to have puppets and all that. But keep your eyes out on Don't Call This a Comeback. If you or anyone you know has been touched by traumatic and a traumatic accident, injury, or one of these life-changing events and trying to come back from the abyss, so to speak, to a totally different life. My accident happened in 2016. The morning, I was comfortable in my government gig in my suburban dream. And I was training for the Marine Corps Marathon, and I ran 10 miles. It was a Sunday, and I posted something on Facebook about what a macho dude I was at 51. This was August 2016. 51, getting ready to run marathon in October. Well, gee whiz, because I thought I was so gosh darn important. I went into work on a day off. Now, I'm not going to get into this, but I got hurt. Freak accident. Shelf. In a new office. Came tumbling down. And landed. I think. I don't remember. I wish I could remember. And from that moment on, my life changed. You know, at first, the bad news was shocking. We don't think you're ever going to be able to walk again. I feel so bad for you. I've seen nobody come back from this type of spinal injury and not be in mind-numbing pain. I heard all the wonderful advice. And beyond the, the multiple surgeries that went awry, my life followed a script that so many others that this happens follows. Eventually, you're, look, my job involves sitting on my ass, and I couldn't do it. You lose your ability to work. You lose the ability to take care of yourself. You start losing things that are of this world, is what I call it. You know, because at first it's rough. You're like, shit, there, I'm going to be medically retired. And shit, I, I can't take care of the house. And shit, I can't. And then you just get used to bad. It becomes the norm. But it's almost like living in an alternate universe. Because... People in these situations are in bad shape. So 
they're tough to look at, I guess. And it is a script. And my life has no different. I've lost my job. I've lost my house. I've all my, quote, possessions. I had to relocate because I was unable to find any medical help in the Oklahoma City, Norman area. And I've been waiting here in Colorado. Now, it has been uh, over a year, 54 weeks, since I was shocked with the good news and told they can do surgery. Think about that. Over a year ago, I was told this hell, this all this loss, we can put you back together and you can have a chance to get back into life. I turned 57 waiting for this surgery. Got hurt when I just turned 51. I'm a time capsule. My life these past two years, or a year and a half, almost to two years, been spent completely alone, recovering, so to speak, and with a goal of, can I sit for 30 minutes? Can I sit for an hour? Because the rest of the time, it's bad. Hang on for a second. There we go. There we go. So um, the rest of the time, you just kind of wait. And it's not a pity party. I'm just here to say that these things follow a script. And I'm going to talk in detail about all that. But if you know somebody or you're going through it, there's no, I'm right there with you, man. And I am going to not sugarcoat any of this. And I, I think it will be helpful, you know. So with that said, <clears throat> I want to keep things positive. So let's talk about a couple positive things. Let's talk about a, a lesson that I learned. And I've talked about this ad nauseum. But I'm going to talk about it one more time. It's called the Stockdale Paradox. I'd like to pass this on. Now, people are probably familiar with this. Maybe not. Big shout out to Big Chief Thunderlug. You may or may not be familiar with this. But let me share it with you. Because this is going to be our theme. As we discuss these type of issues, the approach that I take, that I try to emulate, it's called the Stockdale Paradox. <clears throat> Admiral James Stockdale, he is deceased. He was a Medal of Honor winner. He was a naval officer and pilot who was shot down early in the Vietnam War. And he was subjected to Brutal, unimaginable torture. Subject to lack of human contact. Solitary confinement for years. Starvation diet. On and on and on. And they said, hey, Admiral Stockdale, 
How did you survive that experience? Stockdale says, hey, I had faith, man. There was never a moment I doubted I was going to get out of that situation and survive. And I would look back on it as a transformative moment in my life that forever shaped me in the work that I do. And I'll look back on it with gratitude. It's pretty heavy stuff, right? So then the interviewer goes, okay, Mr. Smarty Pants, who didn't make it? Stockdale goes, the optimist. The interviewer's going, the optimist. Stockdale goes, yeah. They're running around. Turn that frown upside down. Gee golly whiz, everybody. We're going to be out of here by Christmas. Christmas comes. The optimist goes, that's okay, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day comes. Eventually, the optimist gets let down and cannot recover because the optimist is setting themselves up for failure because they're they're missing a key component of the Stockdale paradox. That is unwavering faith intestinal fortitude that you will survive whatever it is that you're in. You have no doubt. You have coupled with pessimism or what I'd like to say, a brutal assessment of reality. For example, if you're a POW during the Vietnam War getting brutalized, it would be highly unrealistic to think that that was going to end anytime soon. My suggestion would be to settle in and start focusing on other ways of dealing with it. Like, how can I learn with it? Or here's something. And I'm going to talk about this. The human body can only take so much pain before shock sets in or some other sick or whatever. Now, I moved myself. Now, when I say I moved myself, we're talking clothes, my computer, stuff like that. I had a moving company move a bed and a desk. And let me tell you something. With my particular issue where I can barely sit, it was not pretty. But I kept reminding myself, the human body can only take so much pain before I got sick, I can't even begin. And while this is going on, I think about what Stockdale went through, which is 20 times worse than the pain I was feeling. But my body's already starting to shut down. I wasn't going into shock, but I did start thinking the ceiling fan looked like a dragon. Now, that's happened before in other times in my life, but I was a much younger man, and the pain was something that I had to go through in order to get to where I wanted to go. In other words, there was an end somewhere. In this case, it's not. But the Stockdale Paradox tells me this. This is where I misapplied it. 
I'm suffering, poor me, wah, this hurts. They tell me I'm going to get surgery. I wait patiently, wait patiently. I finally have this appointment in July, the pre-surgical appointment. They schedule it for September 26th. And I'm like, fuck. And I wait through July, August. And now we're in September. It's about the second week of September. And I can feel, oh boy. And then they said, hey, man, your potassium level is just not right. So we're going to reschedule your surgery and get your potassium level right. Now, medically, that was the right call. But when you are in excruciating pain and it's consuming your very existence and there's some sort of relief, be that a ketamine needle or a surgery, and they pull that away, and you know what they just took would relieve you of this fucking hell that you currently find yourself in. That is a heavy, heavy situation to come back from if you do what I did, which put pinned all my hopes on that surgery happening. In other words, I didn't have anything else going on but suffering. Now... Going through what I've gone through, six boxer, botch surgeries of bone infection, all these snafu after snafu, why would I think that this was not going to have a snafu? And sure, fuck it did. And that call was on a Friday. And I got blamed for, it must be my fault. You must be faking this thing. That's right. You must be faking. Why would they do this? Do you even have surgery scheduled? I don't understand this. So on top of me trying to fucking not put a pistol in my mouth, I'm dealing with this shit. I'll tell you something, I'll never forget it. Having said that, I spent four or five days researching ways to kill myself, researching assisted physician-assisted suicides. And right in the middle of all this, it was similar to the time I fell down, cracked my head open in the bathroom. And I felt like right then and there I could die and it would be a-okay. This moment when I was in the midst of doing all this, I checked myself. And I was like, how did I get to a point where a doctor told me that there was no hope, that my pain would get worse, and nothing could get be done about it? And I was like, fuck, I'm going to smoke weed, and it rolled off my back to where they rescheduled surgery. They didn't tell me I'm not going to have surgery. Just got to wait three more months. Get your That's the right thing to say. But how did I get to this place mentally? A lot of reasons, and I own them all. But first and foremost, I forgot to fucking do a brutal assessment 
of my current reality and check myself accordingly. Hence, flash forward to now. Why the fuck would I do this relocation if I've got surgery 10 days from now? Well, you know what? If the surgery happens, great. But even if the even if the surgery doesn't or does happen, I need to be closer to the things, the pushback, the rehab center, the type of work I want to do. So the surgery scheduled for the 20th, which is almost 10 days in a wake up, but soon to be nine days in a wake up. A week and a couple of days. This time next week, I will be planning the final stages of getting my mind right for what's coming. And it's not dramatic, but I, I, I can't attack this properly in the mindset of puppets. I've got to check into reality and channel other parts of our personality, right? But I'm very lucky. I'm very fortunate. I will never be thankful for my accident trust me on that there are things that I've lost that aren't worth it aren't worth any of the gains will never be worth any of the gains and that's just the way it is but I will do what I can to make the best of it and I hope as we do this series over the next 9-10 days it will be helpful. So, that's our little announcement. Big Chief Thunderlung, peace and love. Peace and love to KMR, EF. I hope the new studio is K. Okay. I'm hoping the sound is, I did a minor test. There's a minor sound thing I got to work on. But, um, I'm excited. We'll be doing a lot more podcasting than we have been doing. And we will be doing uh, different podcasting. Now, let's just say freer to be me type of podcasting. So I'm very much looking forward to that. But more importantly, more importantly, uh, this is the quote holidays. And I get it. However, we all have periods where perhaps we feel like misfit toys. I have come to accept that I am a misfit toy. And to overuse a vernacular, I would like to make this a safe place for all the misfit toys to be their quote authentic self man so um you know basically i get it i yeah i'm not even focused on this as the holidays you know and i get that these are difficult times and everybody's going through some royal shit in the world i'm telling you i'm telling you it's, this is not the podcast episode for it 
but it's a preview. I think we're in a simulation. I, I cannot explain the insanity over these past six plus years any other way than I got hurt. And there was some major reboot to the simulation I was in. And I woke up to it entirely. And I am telling you, I do not understand this world. What the fuck happened? It is that dramatic to me. And it's not just, gee whiz, what I see on TV. I'm talking personal relationships. 180 out. So, it's either that or I'm the world's worst person. So, it's either those two, probably a combination. I'm the world's worst person and this is a simulation. But, this is not the point. Even if it is a simulation, it's fucking with me right now. And I'd like to tell the programmers to fuck with somebody else, man. And use a, use a cheat code, man. <laughs> Thank you, big chief. Thank you, my brother. But we sh uh, we got to get the cheat code to the simulation, man, to have unlimited health points, dude. You know, you go on that fucking ketamine for pain, you'll start thinking that shit. At least I did last trip. I don't recommend, just real quick, little tip. If you're, if you're, uh, or, you know, this isn't a medical show. None of this is medical advice. But if you find yourself uh, going to ketamine, be it for whatever, I go for pain. And you and your healthcare provider decide, let's go ahead and up the ketamine dose next time around. I don't recommend doing a lot of research, which I was doing for the podcast, on whether or not this is a simulation. And I'm knee-deep in all this quantum engineering, double-slit experiment, all this kind of bizarre subatomic level shit that goes down. You know, it's kind of like, okay, man, it's either fucking magic or program, right? So anyway... Then you go into your ketamine experience. Let's just say the poor nurse had to sit with me. And it was funny, man, because I, I was like lying to her about not being as fucked up in the head as I was. And the other part of my brain is going, why are you being such a dead? I mean, she knows that you're tripping. Why do you got to pretend that you're straight? And then she said, how are you doing? And I told her, look, do me a favor and don't believe anything that comes out of my mouth. <laughs> so there's my tip, man. Don't study that kind of stuff. But we're in Colorado Springs. Let me tell you something about Colorado Springs. I'm a little bit more familiar with this area than I am with uh, parts unknown Colorado. And just because I'm in a new location doesn't mean I'm any different. However, I hope to be able to get out a little bit and uh, share this area and its people with uh, with whoever follows this podcast. Um, 
On another note, please be on the lookout for live puppets soon uh, on Spanky's Puppets and Comics. You can go to the YouTube channel. I'm pretty, just to be honest with you, after doing this move, I'm exhausted. I finished it yesterday, so last night was the first night in my new location, and I collapsed. And I woke up at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon today, and I thought, okay, man, and I'm just still tired, which is good. I have a recommendation for everybody. Tomorrow morning, Jackson State plays whatever the F whatever championship it is at that level of football. Jackson State is the college that Deion Sanders coaches for. Deion Sanders has recently been announced as the future head coach of the University of Colorado. I have become a huge fan and have a lot of respect for the work that Deion Sanders does. He is, I, you know, if I had a child, it would be uh, amazing for that child to get an opportunity to be coached by Dion because I think he's the real deal. And I think he's, he's in coaching for the right reasons and he's doing the full things. Players graduate. They, 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 they thrive and he wants them to thrive and he sets them up for success and he shows them the roadmap and it's amazing. And I think he's going to do amazing work at Colorado, but support him. He's game starts, I think, 10 a.m. <laughs> so, you know, hey, I think Army Navy's tomorrow too. But, you know, even if you're not a sports fan, you should check it out. Just give it a shot. And you, if you're curious, they, they, he's all over YouTube. I, in fact, one of his kids documents the whole thing. It's amazing. He he's a he's a he's a fascinating dude, and he's the real deal. And uh, I don't know, I've been very very impressed with him, man. So, wouldn't it be a trip? Get through this and say, hey, yo, Coach Prime, why don't you let me do something for the team? There ain't nothing I could do for a football team except talk about my high school football career fifty thousand years ago, man. How's that going to be relevant? Hey, we ran the wishbone. You know, <laughs> you know, what do they care? You know, but I can do their analytics. There's things I could do. Yeah. But, but being on top of, I mean, just because I watch football doesn't mean I know it. Right. And, Fuck, those guys put in killer fucking hours, man. I need I need work-life balance, man. Or life balance, you know. So, anyway, back to this. So, we're going to be back with some kind of regularity. This is just kind of a making sure the equipment's working and the vibe is cool. And I think it is. I'm telling you right now. Very thankful for, for everything. 
and I'm very thankful to have survived this long to make it to this place because I'm set up for success. It's not going to be easy. And, you know, it's 50-50. Just because I'm having surgery doesn't mean that surgery is going to work. I have a serious injury that did serious damage. There's not many places in the country that deal with this. But I'm confident after doing this move that I am capable mentally of pushing through fucking anything. I'm not being macho. Because I'm not talking Navy SEAL bullshit. I can't make that. You know? Let's live in the fucking reality here. When I say push through anything, I'm saying like get up and piss on my own. You know? We're not talking Rocky running up the, the fucking art museum steps and going, yo, man, I'm going to beat you. No. You know? But it's still my moment. It still hurts. Physically. Good God. I have not, I'm telling you, it is something else. I mean, I feel like the pain was so bad. I feel like I've been through a spiritual fucking journey because of it. It's hard to explain. Because it got so bad yesterday that I had a very hard time discerning reality. I was, like I said, the ceiling fan looked like a dragon. And for some strange fucking reason, that has given me confidence that even if this thing goes south, I still have the intestinal fortitude, fortitude to fucking figure it out. But I'll say, I'll close on this. I hope they take the catheter out before they wake me up from surgery. I have asked, that's it. That's, they'll sit there and they'll go, they'll tell me about, well, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. You got any questions? Yes, please, please take the catheter out before you wake me up because pulling it, it's like waterboarding to me and I don't want to fucking hear, well, it's really nothing. Well, fuck it. For me, it's fucking waterboarding. And I've been through a fucking lot. Don't, let's not fucking add fucking catheter shit to it, man. I just am not ready. But having said that, if they do leave it in, after this week, I'm confident I can fucking take it like a champion. That's right, Big Chief. He knows. Big Chief Thunderlung knows. You can't back down to a catheter. What are you, some kind of wuss? Sack the fuck up, man. And let them fucking keep the catheter in. And wait to take that thing out when you're fully fucking alert, man. And off any kind of fucking medication that could numb the experience. Right? Real, man. Fucking don't need you to deflate it before you pull it out. That's what real men do. Well, guess what? I'm not a real man.
I'm going to tell you right now, if that's a definition, I, I then I, I'm not a man because I, I want nothing to do with it. Let me piss all over myself, man. I'm good with that. I'd much rather do that. I'll lay in my own piss. Just don't fucking decide. Let's make sure he's alert when we fucking do this uncomfortable fucking thing. What's funny is when I was talking with the anesthesiologist about this, she goes, well, you know, the good news is you'll be out when we put it in. I'm like thinking you fucking a right, man. I'm sorry. Can you imagine this fucking sadistic fucking SOB? Hey, man, I'm sorry. We just got to do this before we put you under. Why? Because it's cool to watch you fucking squirm in pain and have power. That's why. There's no medical fucking benefit. Just like there's no medical benefit to leaving the catheter in me after the surgery. It's pure fucking laziness. I can handle my fucking dope. Trust me on that one. Just because I thought we were in a simulation on my last ketamine trip doesn't mean I'm going to fucking not be able to handle life the first few hours after surgery without a catheter. Please, for the love of all it's holy on this special time of year, release the catheter, then wake me up. Good fucking God, is that too much to fucking ask for? Because I'm already go I'm going to wake up with, oh, Jesus. Yeah, you know what I mean? I don't want to cloud it as, because if anybody's had a back surgery, man. Now, this may be different because I'm going to the ICU right away. But there's no like, hey, man, I think I'll just lay down here and flip out on fucking morphine for a day or two. And then we can, no. They're like, wow, you've been out of surgery for 10 minutes. Let's get you up and moving. It's the physical terrorist. But you'd be glad they did it. You know, you'd be glad they did it. It's one of the human body's amazing, man. Like, even in my instance, keep in mind, I am really fucked up. But going through this move and pushing my, which is, I checked with the surgeon. He goes, hey, you know, you're not going to do any damage. You're just going to, you know, he goes, you're going to be in the kind of pain that, you know, that sends people to emergency rooms, you know. And I just was in it. And when I was in it, I just said, well, let's just keep moving stuff. Then I'd puke. And I keep moving stuff. It's not smart. Okay. It's a combination of a lot of things. One is wanting to get to the location that's closer to the help. But by doing this in some strange way, I'm remarkably stronger. <laughs> I mean, all things relative. I mean, I still can't stand more than 30 seconds without needing to fucking sit. But... I'm a lot stronger, which gives me confidence. The human body is an amazing fucking thing. It really is. All right. With that said, I want to wish everybody peace and love. Thank you so much, man, for listening to our vibe. Um, 
I'm going to go back, check this. Like I said, we'll be back tomorrow and throughout. Going to have some guests on, um, stuff like that. So we're back on the horse. Peace and love, man, from Colorado Springs, Colorado. This is Will Dick with the Art of Flowering Podcast. Wishing each and every one of you nothing but peace and love. Bye-bye.